Yay. You cued me out in the middle of a yawn. I was not yawning. I was leaning over. I was yawning. You were yawning. Okay. <laughs> I had my eyes closed. So. <laughs> you did. So We're see. really present. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a big weekend of recording. It's been so, a big weekend. Yeah. We haven't had this many recordings on a weekend in a while. Yeah, pulling back the curtain a little bit. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, welcome to today's episode. We have a very special guest, Ben Morosky, who I know from acting class. He's a brilliant actor and writer. Um, and he shares his story and journey, um, woof, which is super powerful and impactful he talks a lot about mental health um growing up in a very 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 strict church that um was very controlling about almost every aspect of him and his family's life so um yeah i i mean i knew some of it um but it was amazing to just hear his story about it and and get to i don't know get to even share it because i don't think there's he's not alone you know like there's other people have had this experience and i give him so much credit for being willing to share and speak so openly yeah and it's I, important i'd like to speak, speak on that too because uh, i just think for me i'm like i met him today you yeah. obviously have a relationship with him yeah but um but having met him for the first time i felt like oh wow this is so like uh, brave is an overused term but it is yeah, like for is. in this case it very mm-hmm. much was and it's like oh, this is a stranger to me but like yeah. this is something that i can like really you know appreciate he's sharing with everyone and so that I, I think all of you listeners are also going to feel that way um as you listen to him talk yeah yeah and and i think like uh, truthfully like that's what i love about this medium and and, and what we're doing is like being able to share other people's stories mm-hmm. and even just to like receive them um is really important because the le- the less we talk about and the more we compartmentalize and put in the corners, you know, the more isolated and alone we feel. And yeah. I think there's a little bit of everybody can relate to a little bit of his story of, you know, some some part of it. So, yeah, please listen with them um, with uh, open, welcoming, loving ears and you're going to love it. I'm feeling yummy head to toe. You see me. Finding so my yum. I'm so excited. We have Ben Morosky here today, uh, writer, actor, friend. Uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've known you for, gosh, how long have we known each other? We're in acting class together. A few years. Like now, three or right? four. Yeah. Right? Because how long have you been at the studio? Anthony Mindel Actor Workshop. Then. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably five, I guess, because I was in a year before joining the class that oh, we met okay. in. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that class. It's also changed so and evolved sure, so yeah. much <laughs> over the time. I think I've been in that class for uh, I don't know, five years, four years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- uh, too much. Um anyways, <laughs> I'm really excited that you're here. Um I think your story is like so powerful and interesting and I just feel honored that you're willing to share anything with us. So Yeah, of course. I'd love to just start um, with like where you're from um, and sort of paint that picture a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, and then and we can jump into like what the because I don't even know what the sex education, if there was any um, where you were. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Davis, California. Um, it's about 20 minutes outside Sacramento. Uh, UC Davis is there. So that's why most people know it if they know it. Um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
small town, I guess. Uh, it's only big because the university's there. Yeah. Um, it's about like 60,000 people. Oh, that's very small. So I come from a college town, too, which is Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. But there's a million people there. Yeah. yeah. So it's 60,000 people. But then the, the amount of students on campus is like 30,000. Oh. So it's cri- like the campus is huge. It's, yeah, it's one of the like bigger the- UC campuses mm-hmm. geographically. And then, uh, yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So growing up, you were you have siblings, right? Yeah. Two older brothers and a younger sister. Oh, wow. That's a big household. Yeah. Okay. And so what church were you a part of? Because you guys were very religious when you yeah. were younger. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my parents didn't grow up with religion. Um, they may have gone to church like, you know, on holidays, but mm-hmm. not as far as part of a church that they were actually from. Um, my parents became born again Christians. Uh, my dad's rookie year playing in the NFL. My dad played eight seasons of professional football. That's cool. Um, yeah. That's a cool uh, claim to fame. Yeah. So <laughs> when he retired, they moved back to Davis, um, right when I was born, he retired in 1988 when I was born. He had done his undergrad at UC Davis, and he moved back to get his master's and start coaching at UC Davis. Oh, cool. At that point, um, they'd already been going to church um, and were, were professing Christians. And uh, So born-again Christian, yeah. just to clarify, because yeah. that's a very particular type of... Yeah, it's funny. It's like I think there's connotations around it. Um, I, to clarify... Uh, Bible believing, I mean, they're not like, wasn't about it being like uber charismatic. Um, okay. But, but not really related, not really related. I say it as a, as, as opposed to like being related to a particular denomination. Okay. Um, so yeah, evangelical Christian. Okay. Yeah. So they were looking for a church when they, uh, when they moved back to Davis and they ended up, um, at a church called Grace Valley Christian Center. They liked it because um, it was a lot about like studying the Bible, like taking it seriously and okay. studying it. And then also everyone there is like super nice, like genuinely nice. Yeah. It's not like get out or like um, <laughs> Stepford wifey kind of situation. It's like people take a genuine interest. Um, so that's nice. It's like people when you go there the first time, people actually invite you over for lunch and like take an interest in who you are and where you're from um i mean i've gone to church since before and mostly you can walk in and out of places and like a ghost so it's interesting um yeah um okay so tell me more about the like the church and and that sort of experience because that colored a lot of your childhood right? it was the center of um still the majority of my life yeah. um, I'm 31 and we didn't end up leaving Grace Valley until I was 21 yeah okay. so we've been out 10 years this summer so yeah oh hey yeah. congrats thanks <laughs> Um, yeah, so we started going when I was a baby, um, and... So you were born, you weren't born in Davis, but then... I was born in, I was born near Davis. Okay, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, there was not a hospital in Davis at the time, so I was born in <laughs> yeah. Woodland, which... so small. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, okay, so you guys, so you moved back, you have two older brothers, yeah. say, one younger sister. Yeah. So there's already three in your household, and then you start going to this church. Yeah. So did you go to a, um... A Christian school in addition to this? So not initially. Um, We went to the local schools in Davis. And then when I was going into 
six, when I was going into fifth grade, the church, Grace Valley, started their own school. Got it. So they started a K through ninth school. Okay. High school in Davis is just uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th. And junior high is 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's so interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. It's weird. In my, I don't understand that. It was that. 6, 7, 8 in my school. Yeah. And then 9, 10, nine, 11, 10, 11 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. So they started a K through 9 school. So I went to the school at church, um, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Okay. So it was pulled out of school, basically pulled away from whatever contact I had with friends f- from school. Now it was it was even more only church friends. And that's kind of like grace valleys just kind of how they work it's like you join and it's like yeah there's no set rules but more and more your life becomes focused around the church and your friends are people in the church and doubt is cast on people like outside of the church and like why are you hanging out with why not hang out with people in the church sure you know okay it's pretty sneaky right 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 okay so the fifth grade is where they, it, you went to the church and they started this school. Yeah, and so I've been in the church since I was born, but yeah, they right. started the school. So everyone pulled out of um, uh, public school? school and into the church schools. So were yeah. you already friends with the kids that were what, at your church anyways? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it became a much smaller group. But I didn't go to school with them when I was in public school. Oh, okay. Because everyone went to their neighborhood I schools. see. There were multiple schools, yeah. even though it was a small community. Yeah. There were multiple public schools. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And so then you became immersed. So did all of your family, did your brothers as well? So my brother and my sister is only two years younger than me. So she was, she entered the school in third grade. Okay. Um, my oldest brother, yeah, came out of junior high and did just ninth grade at the school. Okay. But they pulled him out anyway and did it. Um, and then my oldest brother was in high school so okay yeah so what what was like have you talked to your parents like what was the sort of impetus or idea for it was it to create was the doctrination of the church like your parents had already kind of become embedded in it and so it felt like that was the thing to do yeah you just feel like it's the right thing to do you know and you feel like there's yeah, it wasn't explicit pressure, but it's implicit. It's, you know, it's, um, it was always like, yeah, no, this is it. This is what God, you know, God's provided Wants. this opportunity. So, you know, take it. Yeah. Why right. would you not? If you're, a, if you're, a prof- if you profess to be a Christian. Right. And, you know, this is an opportunity God's provided. <laughs> why would you not do it? Oh, my, I you answer chills. that question. Like you know heart, what I mean? Like, yeah, because it doesn't, oh, because from an outside perspective, it sounds like super devious. But if it's the thing that's so powerful about places like Grace Valley is it's not, um, it's, it's a cult. I'll say that, but it's not. Um, but if it, the thing is, if you get people genuinely trying to do what they believe is the right thing, and then you tell them, hey, this is something that you should do. Right. Then it's a genuine. It is a. It's a genuine choice, you know. Well, but sure, the problem you is, you get. The, right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But that's how you can get hooks in someone. It's. Yeah. So was yeah. this the first like real? Because I imagine it was insidious before, and then was this sort of a new point in which like. I would imagine people in the community got even more immersed. Like, was Grace Valley. Was this already an established thing that had been around? Because if they're starting a school... Grace Valley was started in the late 1970s. Okay. It was almost like part of the... uh, 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Jesus movement. I'm not. Um, it is based in a lot in Northern California. Um, I, I don't think exclusively, but it, it was basically the counter counterculture movement. Okay. So the counter, it was kind of at the tail end of the counterculture movement when people were getting disil- ultimately getting disillusioned somewhat by just, you know, people getting certain people getting burnt out on drugs and like, hate Ashbury, it's not working out. Got it. So it's people who've kind of like the, um, People who got disillusioned by the counterculture movement. By, like, the free sex and love. The Jesus movement was basically evangelical Christianity, but in a very, like, uh, but kind of with that same tone. Coming back in and, and like, this is the But in, like, a very, like, free way. Got it. Um, Oh, interesting. So the Jesus movement is where a lot of the... uh, It's where a lot of the um, popular Christian music... Um, that like we know now has its roots in the Jesus movement. Interesting. Um, yeah. So Grace Valley was started in that, in that sort of time of the Jesus movement. And it started by this, um, this man who immigrated from India to study chemistry. And then, uh, and then God called him to start a church and he went to seminary he started a church, and most of the people who joined the church early on, a lot of them were young, college-age people okay. looking for some sort of direction and purpose in their lives. Got it. So, and so was his take, was the, was the take of this church a different take on Christianity, or was it just focused all back inwards into the church, like with the larger scope of Christianity, but like focused back into Grace Valley, like everything. Fed yeah, back. yeah. Okay. It's pretty. It's pretty like stand. It's Old Testament and New Testament, but it's pretty standard, um, like boilerplate Christianity. More on like the hardcore end of like sin and you know and hell and homosexuality is wrong okay. and um, so more on that end of things. But and then at with with the pastor P. G. Matthew as you know he billed himself as you know God's prophet. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty classic cult <laughs> rhetoric, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm the chosen one yeah. and you should follow yeah. me, whatever. And I he do. would justify it through the Bible being like, you're supposed to listen to the people, to the, the pastors, people who's God's, who God's appointed. Here's the verses. And, you know, so it's. Right. Uh, yeah. And was the school, did it cost money? The school additional? did cost money. Of course. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. So we've painted a little bit of a picture yeah. here. So you, you get into the school. Your sister gets in the school. Yeah. Your one brother is into the last year of the yeah. school before going to high school. So what was what was the vibe, I guess, in the school versus a public school? And especially, was there any conversation then around, like, what was the predominant conversation around, like, relationships and sex and sexuality so none until ninth grade we had sex ed that was like one day okay that was like super basic just anatomical just anatomical and just like yeah what's the yeah really basic and more just like they were trying to get it over with because like they had to do it Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. And then abstinence space? Yes. And was there a lot of discussion then of like, you were not supposed to have sex before me? I mean, were they, they were hardcore into what the familiar stru- familial structure was supposed to look like? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and were your parents, did you have any discussions with your parents then around this? Or did they 
also sort of were they hoping that all of you would kind of do that same thing? No, I think the one thing that like sort of saved me and my siblings from just getting totally screwed over by the experience in Grace Valley was that my parents also did raise us. I know that sounds obvious, but no, it doesn't. There, there were a lot of families that I grew up with where it's like if anything came up, the kids were sent to see the elders and the pastor if any decision had to okay. be made. But my parents always, they still definitely raised us and not really much talk about like sex or anything. Okay. So that, that still, no. Um, what, what was the elders function? Alarms get raised in my head when you send kids to elders for yeah. anything. Um, was that a part of this church that there was any kind of like, um, I don't know. I mean, power wielding over children or like was was any line crossed in that way or was that not I don't talked about what are you getting at like sexual abuse or anything was that like I don't know if that was a thing that happened there if you're not comfortable talking no there's no there's no I don't have any evidence that anything like that happened now the reason we ended up leaving the church uh when I was 21 is my brother is two years older than me um told my parents that he was molested by someone who was a friend of ours in the church for years my parents then go to the church and are like we need to leave and the long story short is they're like no you need to forgive and reconcile so basically forgive the person and then be fine with attending church and you know the church that's the center of your life right be fine and this was someone who was like our one of our closest family friends Right. Um, and the church sat on their hid behind their um, their legal uh, the the opportunity that's presented by the, they're not mandated reporters since there's uh, um, since it's uh, what's it called confessional. Okay. It's the conf- it, it's why the people in in so the like Catholic a, Church aren't mandated. It's like, a confession between a. It's like um, a, a client attorney privilege, yes. that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that exists okay. between a confessor and a and a person confessing their sin. Oh, I see. So they yeah. didn't have any culpability. They are in not knowing. a mandated reporter. Yeah, to, to report to the police. So they were going to try to deal with it in house. I see. my brother reported and went through a years long song and dance, and the guy ended up basically getting a slap on the wrist, and the church backed his defense. Um, yeah. I know that's a digression, but I felt like it was pertinent. No, no, no. Yeah, I want to get back to definitely leaving the church. Um, And and that makes a lot of sense, especially that that would be like a a breaking point where you you can't quite ignore it anymore. Yeah. Like that's too big of a. Yeah. Which I also give a lot of credit to your parents because I feel like you can sort of shut. There's a lot of things you can shut in the corner, right? Denial is extremely potent. Right. Um. Yeah, my mom always says, and I think it's true, it's like no one leaves that place without, there's always a personal, once something has to touch you super personally, and it's a breaking point. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, it's sort of, I mean. Because I grew up dreaming about leaving Grace Valley, but it was like a dream, like something that's never going to happen, you know, never going to happen. Yeah. And then we left, and it was like that. Right. And it was crazy. Yeah. Right. And it sort of like blew your oh whole world of like, oh, this is possible. Insane. Yeah. Right. There's something else outside of there. Yeah. 
So before we get to that, yes. I, I'd love to talk about then, like, what was your personal experience of being in the church? Like, what what was that indoctrination that has now shifted so so much? Because, like, I I don't quite understand because I've never been in that situation. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm Jewish, and so I understand the idea of scripture, but like from such an early age, like I was taught to criticize almost everything yeah. that I was learning and I wasn't immersed in a church. Yeah. It, like in every 360 aspect of my life. So I, I'm curious, like what was, what was the experience of being in that space? And then, um, and then moving into high school because did you go to a public high school then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's one. Mm, there, I, there's two now in Davis, but there was one public high school in Davis. Okay. So, what was the experience then of being totally immersed within the church and like, f- I mean, I imagine you were living like essentially twenty four seven. Yeah, it's funny because you're in school. You you spend more waking hours on the church grounds than you do at home if yeah. you do the math, right? which is crazy yeah, thinking back insane. about it. Um, I mean, if it's your only circle of friends, it doesn't feel weird though. Sure. You know. Um. But why were you dreaming of getting out? Like, what was the thing, the things that were... I, I think maybe I'm giving myself too much credit <laughs> okay. and I wasn't dreaming of getting out. But kind of like if you're in any experience growing up and you're like having a dream about... You have sure. a dream about Something having else. another life. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Right. Um, but I guess I'm curious about like... So when I was a kid or yeah. even now, like when I dream of a reality that I want to come true. There's like certain things that I'm lacking in my situation right now, like more financial freedom. Or when I was younger, it was this Disney idea of like, Oh, I'll meet a man and that'll be the perfect person. You know, whatever. So like my brain would go to like these situations that I didn't have control over, but that I had seen or I had wanted and I wasn't experiencing in my, in that moment right then. I I think growing up before I got to high school, cause I know we're going to talk about that, but it was, it was more of like la- having less of what was happening than having more of something else. Sure, you sure, know, sure. so it was less. We went to Sunday morning church, Sunday evening church, Wednesday church. I grew up reading the Bible morning and every morning. Were you able to? Was there any discourse questioning the Bible, or it was like that? There what? was. It was always like think critically like use your mind think critically but then they frame how you should think critically if that makes sense okay <laughs> sort of sure like this is the lens in which to criticize it and like think it critically but if you go too far we'll let you know you know oh, what i mean okay. we'll pull you back into like no 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 no. you know you, you've gone too far you, you, your interpretation is now incorrect oh okay you know Okay. That kind of thing. Sure. So if you do that for long enough, it guides the paths in your brain to where it's like you can get to the right answer and, you know. Right. The right answer is yeah. always you, already there You learn there the boundaries you, you get... even if they're not physical. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's like a shock collar with a dog, right? Yeah. Right. Right, 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 right. Yes. You have a... They per- finally learn and so you don't have to have the fence. Yeah. So it looks free. That's so sad. <laughs> Oh, that's such a sad way. <laughs> sure. Okay, so then you go to a public high school. Whose mascot is the Blue Devils, by the way. So <laughs> that was some fun irony. Perfect. Oh, my gosh, that is ironic. Interestingly, when I was joining high school, there was a brief movement in the church where, uh, led by the father of a girl who is my age as well, um, 
And he was like, I'm not sending my daughter to this evil high school, this public high school. Uh-huh. So we're going to get you to take the, is it the GED? Yes. We're going to take, get you, we're going to have our kids take the GED and then take classes at the community college. Oh. And skip high school altogether. Cause that's a better environment with more, you know. Sure. Um, that experiment failed miserably. <laughs> and even the church like was like, nah. <laughs> You've gone outside of the um, parameters But here. it wouldn't surprise me, and I don't know this because I haven't been in for 10 years, it wouldn't surprise me if there were still occasional people who did that in the church for the same reason. Sure, so, because, yeah. well, and also I feel like in order to indoctrinate people and keep people thinking in the same mentality, you yeah. have to be in that environment. So when you get out of it yeah. and you have other people that are not in the situation and yeah. not in the church, like, that's dangerous. That's really dangerous. That's yeah. the whole point of, like, everything you see and hear and do. I mean, look at fucking China, right? Like they've like censorship to the nth degree so yeah. that there's no questioning of the other. Definitely. Um, were there people outside of the church in the community that there was any pushback against the church or the church was just doing their own thing? No, people are aware. There are people in Davis is bi- it, it's small, but it's big enough to where there are people who aren't aware of Grace Valley. There's a lot of churches in Davis. There's yeah. a lot of. Um, there's a the whole gamut of different religions are represented. I think partially, probably because the university's there. Super, oh right, right, right. It's funny because because Grace Valley in Davis is a tiny, uber conservative bubble within Davis, which is a uber liberal community. <laughs> which it's a, in a fairly conservative region of <laughs> Northern California. So it's like this weird thing. This like tiny red inside this yeah. Like, Small side this, blue yeah. inside this bigger red. <laughs> so to answer your question, um, yeah, there. so there are people not aware of Grace Valley, but there are definitely a lot of people who are. So going to high school, there would definitely be times where people are like, dude, your church is a cult. And I'd be like, I can't process that information. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're just like, no, it's not. Right. You know? Um, sure. Yeah, so there, so people are aware of Grace Valley. Okay, yeah. so then what was the experience of going to high school outside of the church and then having like a little bit more expansion or even interaction with like uh, you're interested in women? Yeah, right. So I mean, was there any kind of like did you? So get we to weren't allowed to date until college. Your parents in the church. Said that? In the tr- yeah. <gasps> okay. That's important. Yes, okay, you weren't allowed important. to date. You weren't allowed twist to twist in the story. <laughs> done, done, done. Yeah. Okay, so you weren't allowed to do. Did you abide by that though? I'm a very good rule follower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I got ahead in Grace Valley by following the rules. And um, ahead meant I like won the biggest award in ninth grade when we were graduating, which was the pastor's award. Oh. Um, my name plate has now probably been scraped off that award that was hanging in the school. So. <laughs> Good. Uh, right. Oh, thank God. Um, so, yeah, I did. I in high school, I did definitely abide by the rules. OK. Um, yeah. So did you not even look. Didn't drink. At the opposite side. Like was there that wasn't even a part of your experience? I mean, or just because they tell you no doesn't mean. You haven't gone through puberty. and Sure. Yeah. I guess I'm just curious as a rule follower, like, were you shutting it down actively all the time? Or did you allow yourself to have any kind of freedom to be like, oh, this is fun. And some, this feels I mean, nice. I wanted to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was even where, like, masturbation was wrong. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, So sure. it's like, and even, 
it's the kind of environment where you grow up and you're not supposed to trust your thoughts. Right. So, because the devil's planting evil thoughts in your head. Right. They're gaslighting you. So, just because he plants an evil thought in your head, that's not your fault. But if you, like, linger on that thought, then it's your fault. Then it's a sin. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. There's a... Which is really... There's a verse in the Bible also where it's like, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Um, so the Bible is an interesting book. It's a very interesting <laughs> book. Um, but that's that's so like right. you're fucked that's for damning. lack of a better. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just damned if you do, damned if. Oh you my don't. God! Yeah, not right. supposed to trust your thoughts. Not supposed to trust your emotions. So what are you left with? Right. You know. Right. Um. Was okay. So I guess. Was there any, so did you have any conversation with your parents then about, like, were they steadfast with, yes, don't date until you're, yeah. you're, okay. So they, and then did all of your siblings follow this too? Like, did you guys have any discourse I that was like. I think through high school, but it's funny. It's like, I don't even, it's only recently that I've had more like candid conversations about sexuality sure. with my siblings. Okay, that makes um, sense. As like an adult. Yeah, but it's funny because to be honest, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think so in high school. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you get out of high school. Yeah. And so you have permission to date, right? Yes. Okay. So do you go to college? Yeah. I went to UC Davis. Oh, you went to Davis. Yeah. So you just like yeah, doubled so I was totally down screwed. in this yeah. city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like never leaving. Yeah. Was there any option of leaving? Was that even a conversation? I applied to a few other schools, but it never really got to a level in my brain where I I, didn't, I just didn't put the thoughts together enough to like consider going elsewhere. Right. Well, Seriously. Maybe and my parents weren't interested thought. in, I don't know if it was so much that necessarily about college. It was more, it was definitely encouraged to go to UC Davis sure. at the church, but also there were always, there were people who went, there were people who I grew up with in Grace Valley, my same grade who, who went away to school. Um, But yeah, I think it was also just my parents at that point in time weren't, weren't gonna support it financially to yeah. go elsewhere right my dad coached football at uc davis oh, for so years okay. so we got like massive discount on my tuition um yeah so i mean i no undergraduate debt so <laughs> which is huge yeah yeah so i look Neither back on I that really. and i'm like sweet yeah, like, yeah, yeah 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 which is a gift in and of yeah. itself regardless of the parameters yes. or whatever but okay, so then you go to a school that's relatively liberal. Yes. Um, so what was that experience? I mean, were things starting to shift, or was there any kind of questioning of like what's been happening? What? I think the the first moment that I remember really questioning uh, Grace Valley was my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. I was in uh, my in the English class I was in, um, comp lit AP, and uh, and the. Um, we read, we read a uh, portrait of the artist as a young man. Okay. And there's a sequence. I don't remember when in the book, but it's a, it's a, a priest or someone giving like a fire and brimstone sermon about hell to these young kids. And then the discussion in the class was about, uh, how it was spiritually abusive. And I'd never really heard the term spiritual abuse. Oh um, yeah. Actually, I don't know if I've heard that term Yeah, said in that way. So 
Um, and and it was rang very similar to a lot of experience I, as I had. I mean, I remember g- growing up, there was like a kids camp every summer where they would take all the kids and go camping. And it was just like fire and brimstone, like sermons, like every cell of your body is going to be in agony forever unless you become a Christian, like you're going to hell. And this is a vivid portrait of it. So it's like, oh, so then sort of like hearing information in high school where it was like, that if that is what if they're saying that this is abusive and that was my experience <laughs> yeah you know yeah 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 let there's like a pause i'm afraid to connect these dots sure. yeah okay so then going into college there i i think there were more moments like that as as school went along okay yeah um and then in terms of like dating or getting to explore that at all because yeah. now you had a little bit more permission yeah it w- it had to be people someone in the church though oh it had to, yeah okay. so of the course. twists keep coming yeah, yeah of course okay so did you date people in the church my sophomore year i yeah my first girlfriend um and she was not she came to the church she was from the bay area she was doing her undergrad at ucd she was a christian and she started coming to our college group oh, on okay. campus, which oh, ironically... Oh, you had a college group. Yeah, there was a college ministry that my parents actually led for years. Oh. Um, and then... Did they use the same kind of rhetoric then? They did, but they were... They always tried to play the line. Okay. Not trying to give them too much credit, but enough where it's like they were... It, it, if there was a better end of like leadership at Grace Valley, it was people like my parents who like understood that like life is life and it's complicated and weird and there are gray areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now gets tough to ne- the buck stops somewhere. Right. You know, yeah. but uh, at the end of my freshman year of college, my parents basically got strong armed out of leading the college ministry. Um, the, the leadership removed them from that. Why? Because they were pushing the envelope too much. That's what I think. Okay. Um, my dad has, I don't know if he maintains this anymore. He probably doesn't care enough anymore to maintain it. But he was like calling the pl- calling the offensive plays for the first time as the offensive coordinator for the football team. So I had a lot more responsibilities. So the time was tougher, but they got railroaded. Um, okay. Did somebody get put in that was more militant? Yeah. In the ch- okay. Yeah. A guy who's like in line to be still there and like in line to be the next head pastor, most likely. Got it. Um, yeah. Is this a wealthy church? Do you know if they have a lot of money? Just out of curiosity. It's, uh, I know that my mom and I have done like all the basic math, um, but I don't know. But it's all guesswork. Sure. Because but if you think of a congregation of, say, three to four hundred members mm-hmm. um, who uh, tithing. Um, tithing 10% of their income every month. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I would be, I would be on the I street. think the money starts to add up. I mean, absolutely. You know, right. where and, and it goes, I don't know. Well, and that's like a small piece of yeah. cults anyways, right? Is like, yeah. it's also the power and the, yeah. and the structure. But it's and, not a place that shows money at all. Right. I mean, well, there, it looks be, exactly the same. Sure. You know? Right. And, and it's, you know, it's the, the, yeah, it's, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay, so you have this group, of course, in UC Davis, which yeah. makes total sense. And then so you start dating somebody who's in the church. Yeah. So what was that experience like? Like the first, because you're 19, right? Yeah. And that's the first time you've dated anybody. Yeah. 
which actually isn't dissimilar from my experience. Like I didn't really date anybody, but I had like sort of flirtation and and more conversation about it. So like what, what was that experience like? There were dating stages. My brother and I still joke about this, but literally there were dating stages. Please tell me. I They get murky and we laugh about it because we can't remember <laughs> That's like them the exactly. Bases. The bases are very murky too, right? But the like, first bases. Yeah, right? So <laughs> yeah. That I, stage one, stage one was dating around. So you're dating like multiple different people. You're going on dates. <laughs> stage two was your... Wait, they told and they told you this. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I wish there was like a pamphlet. Um, stage two was you're dating someone exclusively. Uh, stage three, I don't know if you could like hold hands or something oh. or you, contact. You, you're not kissing okay. ever. Ever. No. You never kiss. I mean, until I you're did. Married? Yes. You're not even supposed to kiss. Okay. That now, I someone else who went there may be like, that's not true. But in my recollection, that was definitely true. Okay. So stage and I think my siblings would agree. Is hand holding. And maybe. that again. Some kind of contact. Again, the bases are murky. The stages are murky. Sure. You know. So what's stage four? I don't. Marriage, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we held hands. I guess it's yeah. time to get married. So when, when I was in college, it was getting to a point where they were getting really militant about like, you should you should date someone for six months. And if you don't know if you want to marry them, you need you need to break up. Wow. Yeah. There's like a sem- there's like a coming together of people after six months of like, do we want right? to continue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't in college, I was starting to get a little bit more like, you know what? This is because my my sophomore year I did. Uh, I was in a production of Noises Off at UCD. I'm obsessed with that show. It's so good. What and our production play? was awesome. Uh, I played Frederick. Okay. Um, our production was awesome because we got the uh, the like touring set. Oh, and cool. with and it came with the, that touring company had bought the Broadway revival props. Oh my God. So we had like all this amazing <laughs> stuff. That's so, literally one of my favorite shows and one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so, Carol so, so we did that production and it was amazing. One of the best experiences still that I've had acting in a, in a production. Did you have to kiss somebody in that? Yeah. Okay. See, that's where it gets weird because I was doing plays and I my first kiss was like with someone that I was in a play with. Me too. Yeah. Who's now famous? Uh, oh, awesome. So that's cool. Congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, so they, so, so then some was people that from, okay? so here's the thing. Okay. Some people from the church came and saw it and really liked it. But then someone read the synopsis about the play and saw the phrase sex farce. And then I got pulled into a meeting with the associate pastor and he was basically like, for future reference, stick to the classics and I was like if you know anything you this is a classic but right th- I, this is not that type of meeting yeah also everything, like, is, everything about is about sex everything is yeah. about sex so I was like so that was the first <laughs> that was one of the that was kind of like that moment in senior year of high school where yeah. we read um it like sticks out as and like then a, oh. this next moment I was like nah and then like I know that my dad got like raked over the coals about it later like how could you let your son do that like yeah and it's like this is shady right so at that point I was kind of like I was thawing a little bit you know and I was like when so when I started dating uh Janice my my first girlfriend 
there was all, there was usually also when you dated somebody, you got like paired up with like someone like a counselor who would like counsel your you and your relationship. What? Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like. So I was like, that wow. year, when those new people took over the head of the college group, they were like, there's no dating rules. Oh. I was like, I know that there are. Okay. Even though you're saying like that. Test? But since you said it, I'm going to take you at your word, and I'm not going to. Now, I kept the implicit ones of like, you know, we held hands, but like we didn't kiss. You didn't kiss. Not for a long time. Okay. Um... So yeah, so I I just kind of it was after I did the play that I that I did noises off that I was and had that experience with the church. They hadn't even come and seen the show and they were criticizing it. I was like, what was come that? On. Even did, I know that's bullshit. Sure, you know. Did they give a um, explanation for why you weren't supposed to kiss? Was it because it would be too tempting and you would sin of like premarital yeah that was the basic reasoning i assume you know it's interesting because i was in a sorority in undergrad and there was a woman who was dating this guy for years and years and they did the same thing and i don't even know if they held hands because and anytime it would come up they would talk about how it was like too tempting and my I was such a brat and I don't know if I told I talked to her like face to face because I think I knew this would be a problem. But anytime I talked about it, I was like, if that is what your fucking body wants to do, like what is happening then? Like, why is it this? Well, yeah, and that's a conversation like, we had when we last saw each other about yeah. about that. If you're what is happening if you're tamping down all of these natural impulses? natural impulses like what is yeah. what's going on if like those are so bad yeah. why do we have them like why is this like yeah. a natural thing that all of us are feeling this isn't yeah. like a unique experience right it's yeah. not like one person who is like all of a sudden like their genitals are on fire and they yeah. want to like touch other people and i know? think grace valley's rationale would be that we're all fallen human beings who are you know have sinful impulses sure and we're we are inherently flawed right um so you're trying to be this perfect yeah yes i see okay so after the dating rules are gone um Mm -hmm. and you're dating this person did you cross any of the previous lines are you still sort of we kissed at some point and i freaked out (laughs) I literally, we kissed, and she was like, you kissed me. And I was like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> we were at her apartment, like, and I literally, like, come I literally, me. like, pulled my shoes on and was like, I have to go. Like, I need oh, to leave. Oh, no. Um, and then I had to, like, talk about it with, like, one of the, ch- with the associate pastor. It's like, I heard you and Janice have <laughs> had some trouble lately. <laughs> Were you taking each other's clothes off? I was like, <laughs> no. And now when I hear that back, I'm like, why are you asking these questions? This right. is so weird. So weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. So definitely like that was a sin. Got it. Um, what was the penance for that? Like, did they, was it like Hail Mary? Because that's Catholic, right? Yeah. No, there's no, no penance. More just like, don't do like don't do it again. We're, you're in this meeting you know like That's your and point. they okay. and now they know so people are keeping tabs on you kind of thing you know you're being watched yeah so did you keep dating her or yeah did you, okay. we dated for three and a half years oh but you didn't get married no so well there were no dating rules oh okay they oh. said so i was like okay i'm gonna take you at your word 
oh, and then you just kept going. Yeah. And I get you don't have to disclose this by any means, but did you just kiss in three and a half years? No. So we, when we, um, we were together when my family left the church my senior year. Oh, okay. She also ended up leaving the church. Okay. Um, as well. And then we continued to date. And then we had sex after we'd left the church. Okay. But it was still like, God, my relationship with sexuality was like, I look back on it now and it's like, oh my God, just like the, the, just fraught with so much guilt. Right. And shame. And the process of coming out of that was long, years long. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. So because we never had sex with regularity and we neither of us ever really like talked about it. You know, it was more like this is wrong. And then like, I'm sorry we did this. And like, it. it was just so Every single time. Yeah. Right. And just like a mentally brutal process, yeah. you know. So, yeah. And then so what was the evolution like? I mean, I, I don't know where you are in your process now. I know that you've had a, like more time to sort yeah. of come out of it and, yeah. and especially reflect. And I imagine therapy or however you've dealt with yeah. it. But like when you look back now and when you think about it now, like what what are the takeaways and what are like how I don't even know how you reintegrate in that, because I had a lot of fucked up mental ideas yeah. of like what sex was and how I was supposed to do it. Like I remember the first time like a guy like like touched my vagina. I like flipped out and I was like, I'm impure. Yeah. I've done something horribly wrong. Yeah. I felt I like I was like, my mom is going to be so mad. And I don't even know if she would have been necessarily like I think it was a lot of what I had created in my brain. But yeah. I felt immense shame and it took a long time to move through that. Yeah. Um. So I can't even imagine with an entire church telling me. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's yeah, wrong. Yeah, and tw- twenty-one years of that. It, uh, like yeah. I don't. Yeah. What? So like, yeah. I'm just curious about like. So we ended what? up splitting up mm-hmm. um, about a like a six months after we um, graduated from college. So okay. we were that was a year and a half out of the church. Okay. I ended up um, dating a, a girl who I was who I'd known for a while from from plays. Um, oh, okay. Not in the church. No. So that was kind of like the first big step toward a better relationship with or like a yeah moving toward like a healthy relationship with sexuality it's like waking up after having sex for the first time with this person who's not in the church and being like oh I'm still alive you know and like you know right I'm still here yeah I remember like walking through that we she was going to theater school and I, I had gone up for graduation and we had and then I remember like the next morning walking through this town with her and it's like Oh, like the earth has not shifted on its axis. Totally. You know? Yeah. I mean, when you're gaslit for so long, like I've, I've been gaslit before in like, yeah. a previous relationship. And I, I don't know if this was your experience too, but where you start to get more realization around it and somebody calls out like a behavior that you have or like something that you automatically think as yeah. truth. And then you're like, oh, that's not how the world works. Like yeah. that's crazy. I mean, I remember saying, like, just losing it one time around her, not not at her, but about, like, I wish I was back in Grace Valley where someone would just tell me what was right and what was wrong. Oh, sure. You know, because your brain's just eating you alive, yeah. you know? Um, and it was, I mean, I think, so when that relationship started, that, that sort of, and then I don't know how much else you want to get into. Yeah. 
whatever you want to about because I've struggled with depression and um, and with self injury for years, starting in senior year of high school. Uh, that's when it started. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think all of this stuff, when you can't trust your thoughts, you can't trust your emotions. Alcohol is wrong. Sex is wrong. Right. What is your outlet? You right. know, somehow I found my way around to cutting myself. Yeah, I was wondering because it's so visible. Yeah. Was was I? It was all hidden. Okay. At the time. At the time. Yeah. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I don't even remember having any exposure to self-injury as a thing. And that was part of its appeal, I think, was like, this is something that's mine. No one told me it's wrong. And it's an outlet that for some reason makes me feel some sense of relief. Sure. Well, you feel something, right? And it's something you can control. Yeah. Yeah. I think there. Yeah. That element of of, it's tough to like retrospectively sure, sure, define sure. things and you know you don't what necessarily i mean need to, um, yeah. but there was some sense of release some sense of control some sense of feeling something some sense of doing something for myself that no one could te- no one could just how right. can you tell me this is wrong when you've never talked about it before oh yeah you know? totally yeah this was something you didn't cover and i yep. found it and that Boom. was mine yeah. yeah and then it just becomes kind of like latched in sure you know um so I struggled off and on with self-injury through college. I saw the first therapist I saw was in college was a my mom. I was in these meetings with the with the um, church leadership about the self-injury. Oh, and they stuff. knew they, they found they out found eventually. Out. Yeah. And then so my, what, what, I, I guess I'm curious about that conversation, too, because then did something that you took ownership of, which is dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, but then did they own it? Like, I feel like that's a mind fuck too. You know what the problem with places like Grace Valley are? They don't actually know how to deal with shit. Sure. You know what I mean? They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. With anything serious. Right. They don't have that's a like about people's brains or about <laughs> people's psychological or emotional experiences. So, so the first meeting I had was actually decent with the same associate pastor. Hmm. Um, this person and uh, so and it was actually a fine meeting but then we would meet every Wednesday morning at like 6 a.m. like at his house before I had to like go to classes on campus and it but it just devolved into like here's like chunks of like Bible passages you need to memorize and then like have you invited anyone to church lately and like who are you going to invite to church and like it became it became something totally other to the point where I was cutting the shit out of myself and showing up with gloves on to, you know, to these meetings. And, and he wasn't even, yeah. Or she was women allowed to be at higher. Levels? Certainly not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Sorry. So he was, <laughs> come on. Oh, I'm so sorry. That was such a silly, silly me. Yeah. Though Actually, really progressive though, in one area, <laughs> right? That's like the one thing. Though funny like, enough, obviously the exception to the rule is the pa- senior pastor's daughter. Mm. Oh yeah. What was her role? She, I don't know what her role is now. I think she's the principal of the school. Okay. Um, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Also a terrible person. Sure. Uh. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so you come out of, you guys get out of the church. Yes. So were you able to get like actual uh, like help outside of the church once you guys left? Like was there a more conversation about that then? So I, I saw a therapist for the first time when we were still in the church. Oh, Because okay. at some point my mom was to, told my dad like these meetings are ridiculous. Okay, like, got they're it. Not so doing they had awareness They're getting worse. Because my mom was always keeping, she knew, I was living at, I lived at home through college. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. 
so she knew when I and she would see stuff pop up on my skin. Sure. Um, so so I saw a therapist for the first time and I saw this guy for a couple years. Um, I got on medication for the first time. Um, Did the it, church say anything about medication? Was that any? Yeah, they said stuff about depression. Like if you sin less, you won't be depressed. Um, oh my god that's so heartbreaking so if that's your mindset about things like that it's really hard to be yeah you you're you don't even i still have a lot of trouble with with ideas around around depression because of because of sort of being raised with that mindset where you where mental health was basically laughed off you know um so it's like and I think that's why self-injury persisted for me as a thing, as an expression of something's not right, mm. you know? Yeah, visual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. have proof, you know? And my mom would ultimately would tell me once things got really bad, she was like, Ben, you don't need proof to ask for help. You don't need mm. to do it to ask for help. You yeah. can ask for help. Oh. Um, yeah, so when I was, uh, I stopped seeing that therapist, though, and I got off medication, I think my senior year, and I was doing pretty well um like I wasn't I didn't hadn't cut myself for a long time um and then so after I'd after I'd ended that first relationship and gotten into this next relationship and we were outside the church um things like really started to go downhill right Um, because then the whole facade of the world starts to crumble yeah you're really trying to integrate too much and I was just kind of at a People always tell you the the transition from high school to college. It's like, whoa, it's like so different, you know. And mm. I really think it's the transition from college out of to college, where you're having to form your actual value system in a world that doesn't give a fuck for the first time. <laughs> totally. College, it's like everyone cares, you know, and yeah. it's like someone can validate me. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And you have a regimented schedule and a system and the things yes. that you're supposed to do and yeah. accomplish, and like you have uh, seasons of school, right? Yeah. So you have like semesters exactly. and then the summer. And like yeah. it's predictable real life is unpredictable <laughs> totally yeah. yeah so I so I was out of college I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life I was in a relationship I was dealing with self-injury I wasn't on medication at the time and and I didn't want to go back and see a, a therapist yeah um because I I just didn't feel like it was going to do me any good for whatever reason. Sure. So my mom called our insurance and was like, "What are other do you have any other suggestions?" And they were like, "Yes, we have this program. It's an outpatient program <laughs> uh, in Sacramento. It'll be perfect." Uh, my mom was like, "Amazing." So cuz w- there's there's very few resources for figuring out what to do with regard to mental health still yeah. outside of see a therapist. Yeah. See a psychiatrist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and everyone, I feel like, always has to invent the wheel for them, reinvent the wheel for themselves. They do. Um, and then it's very expensive if you want to go outside of Western approaches. Yes, to yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started going to this out. I, the first day I showed up at this outpatient program, it was me and like 10 <laughs> women who were like middle aged. And I was like, I think I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So or maybe the perfect place. Yeah. So it was the it was uh it was five days a week and it was basically like a whole like every like 
eight to four or something, mm-hmm. eight to three uh, with a lunch break. So you're there like in groups. And like I didn't understand the relevance of a lot of the groups either because it's like the first group I walk in on is medication education. And we're like learning about like how medication works in the body. And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> Why am I here? Sure. And there's no real time with an individual therapist. You meet with a psychiatrist like once a week in the program. Oh, weird. So, um, now that being said, a friend of mine ended up going into this same program years after I did. And I hate to knock the program too much because I just didn't know what I was getting myself into. So he called me before he started it and I was able to kind of walk him through like, look, it's going to be boring as hell, (laughs) but there is stuff there that you, you You need to advocate for yourself and you need to sort of like get the most out of the parts that you can and fuck the rest. Um, but my, I just kept getting worse. Um, I ended up cutting myself on a bathroom break in the program oh, yeah. and getting shipped straight to inpatient. Oh, okay. Because um, if you do something there, it's like game over. Right, you know, right, like right. We, right. We are legally obligated to put you in an sure. ambulance and send you. So I was in the emergency room until a bed came free. And then I w- that was my first time being inpatient. Okay. Um, yeah. Have you been inpatient multiple times? Four. Okay. Yeah. And was that, did you find that more helpful then? Because then you got like very concentrated. It's it's funny. I didn't find it. Again, it's one of those things that I I don't, I'll knock it, but it's, it's their own. Most people at the, at these inpatient places are, it's, you're on a 72 hour hold or a or they can extend it to a, a 5150 or they can extend it to a 5250 which is a 14 day hold. Right. Um so what are you going to get done in that amount of time? Yeah. Their only job is to keep you alive. Right. You know, and keep you safe from yourself and from other people. My dad is a internist who does rehabilitation medicine and mm-hmm. he worked in programs like that yeah. and I had so many conversations with him where I was like I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. You're not doing anything real because these people are just going to go they're released right back into the world and then there's nothing to support them there's no infrastructure right and i don't think that was his fault but i was like this is a conversation well that's why i useful to have that's why i roll my eyes at um lawmakers who who just beat on the table that we need more beds at facilities yes it's true we do but we also need a complete re um reworking of our mental health oh, care yeah, system entirely have you seen the joker yeah yeah i mean have you seen the joker Bill? yeah yeah i feel like that's like the quintessential comment on like mental health and how yeah. we deal with it in this country yeah um well i thought because now you are very high functioning from what i can yeah. see um and my experience of you i like has to been, think so yeah my experience <laughs> of you has been very articulate and yeah. um like super high functioning and, and working and, you know, the capacity that I think we all are of being an artist in this crazy town and trying to do the thing. But so like coming out of it and being in this spot that you are now, mm-hmm. I guess like what, are, what are your biggest takeaways or like what, uh, I don't know. I guess like where are you at now is sort of the, like how have you come to the place that you're at now? Um, I think one of the things that is, overlooked because it's not a fun answer with regard to mental health or with regard to yeah I think all of this stuff falls under mental health yeah I I tend to not lump the sexuality stuff into it but it definitely is Um, yeah I would say so for sure yeah I think I 
things take time. Yeah. And it, it's and t- and the problem with time is it takes money, you know. Right. So it's really and you have to stay alive. Long yeah. Enough. So it's yeah. it's there. I mean, the biggest thing is time, and and then some sense of you know a good as good of a support system as you can find. Um, but uh, yeah, I just don't know that there are. are I don't have any like cool takeaways. Yeah. I think one thing that I take away from it is all the years I spent hiding mm-hmm. um, and ashamed. It's like I know how, you know, that there are so many people out there who are still in that place. Yeah. So if I feel comfortable talking about my experience or posting on social media about my experiences, um, then I, I take that as a as a huge opportunity and. I hate to say responsibility because it sounds condescending, but uh, no, like it's a it's a gift. Yeah, I, th- I view it as a gift to be able to speak about um, self injury, depression, the the sort of environment I grew up in, and its limits, and and um, on on sexuality and stuff. W- with any level of candidness, is a huge gift. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it's a gift to everybody else too. I mean. Uh, uh, truthfully uh, that's part of why I love this podcast and what we're doing but I think like the more you can talk about it and hear such honestly and bravely that like this is something you've been through and that it's okay it's like part of your experience yeah I don't have to reevaluate my experience and you give permission for other people to also not be alone yeah and yeah people I feel like people say that awareness is the first step to solving a problem I think I mean the way that I've looked at it for a while now is awareness is the only step and it's a verb and it's evolving and it's changing and all you can have is awareness how you solve problems your your awareness becomes more acute and you can see you know your depth perception gets better and you can you can negotiate more complex circumstances because your awareness is more tuned to things and sometimes it sucks you know and it's really bad and And there are blind spots but yeah I think it's a awareness is the step and it's a living organism yeah Um, and you're in a relationship now right yeah so and so things are moving in directions that are like just in a full scope of being able to do all the things yeah in a relatively healthy I think way yeah yeah Yay. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're so lovely. Thank you for coming on. Oh this God, has been amazing. Um, I'm truly grateful for you to be here. Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram. Yeah? Yeah. Well, tell them what your Instagram is. My Instagram <laughs> is uh, the first initial of my first name, B, <laughs> and then my last name, Moroski, M-O-R-O-S-K-I. Yay. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Woo-hoo. Appreciate it. Yay! Woohoo! Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Oh, thanks, Ben. That was so great. Um, as always, please follow us on social media at Finding My Yum Podcast. Email us at FindingMyYum <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes. If you have um, any questions, if you're looking for resources, especially um, after some of the stuff we talked about, uh, we're going to put some in the show mm-hmm. notes. Um, but we're always a, a resource to um, I know that you're not alone. And if you want to come on the podcast and talk about your experience, please uh, message us uh, through Instagram or through email. Uh, we're super receptive and we want to hear from you. We're all in this together. We're all in this together.
together. Did you know that there's a new High School Musical? No, I did not. <laughs> Disney Plus is doing another High School Musical. Yay! Oh, I'm excited. I, I was in love with one. that. And Lizzie McGuire. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Have fun, everybody. Yay!